It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, January 24th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that hates to lose another game on the same day we lose Carter Hart. I may never go to a 7-Eleven ever again. Oh my God. All right. We are going to get into what happened with Carter Hart, the loss to the lightning. We're going to talk about what's next for Bobby Brink and answer your mailbag questions all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology, uh, coming to you from the Wells Fargo Center. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On NHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Russ, of course, the big news of the day yesterday, uh, Carter Hart was put on indefinite leave from his request. The official statement from the Flyers read, Carter Hart has requested and, and has been granted an indefinite leave of absence, citing personal reasons. The club will have no further comment at this time. Well, I mean, Dane Briere is going to have a press conference. We'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, I think the team was affected. I think that was why they, you know, you didn't see much out of them early. I think there was sort of like, you know, like they're feeling bad, like they're human beings. They just, you know, I think yeah. there was a part of that. And I think it took them a little while to kind of get going, get challenged, whatever, whatever the terminology is. So the Flyers did call up Cal Peterson uh, to be back up to Sam Erson in this game. I don't imagine... Peterson will get into any of the games before the all-star break. No. Uh, but I, I do think it's important to notice the difference in what, you know, the coaches might do with Peterson as backup versus Urson and Hart as your tandem. Yeah. I think, you know, in this game, you, there might've been a chance Urson would have gotten pulled if Hart was there, but there's no Hart, So there's no way they were going to put Peterson in. And that's just, again, he wasn't playing a horrible game. I mean, the Flyers were playing bad early. You put, look, we talked about it. You put Tampa on the power play, you're asking for trouble. Like, that's just the way yep. it is. Everybody in the league knows it. So, I, but I do think now the goalie strategy has changed until Carter Hart comes back. There's no question. And I think, you know, running into the break, yeah, you're not going to see Peterson. No, I, I don't think so. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Ali Lixel got into the game and Nick Delorier sat again, uh, despite them still using the 11-7. And I think that, you know, good for Ollie getting in the game. Um, I think he actually played okay. Like, I think he did well overall. I think he made some heads up plays. Um, you know, I, I don't think he was like the brightest star out there for sure. But uh, I, I do think that he played pretty well considering, you know, the whirlwind of it all. Right. I mean, I lost track of his minutes. Maybe he had like nine minutes, but 
he he wasn't bad. He um he did one pass that was like between the legs that didn't that didn't succeed, but I thought he looked fine. And yeah, he wasn't. Again, it's hard to you know come up and have an instant impact. You know, it just is. Mm-hmm. And so if if they give him these games, maybe by you know the third game they might start getting an impact if he can get at least ten minutes a game. So we'll see. But you know the eleven seven, uh, it's lost three in a row now. They got out eleven seven by Tampa because yeah. they happen to be they happen to be really shorthanded. And it's interesting because I, I just felt like, yeah, there's no question these some of these guys are getting tired. Uh Konechny especially. Uh he's less and less effective. And it was also a, a situation where Travis Sanheim was well over 20 minutes. And it's like you're playing seven D and he's over 20 minutes. That means you're not even playing all your D even close to equally, which is again just weird that they want to run this way and they might run this way through the, uh, through the break, which I think, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I understand you're trying to get every last bit out of these guys before the break, but man, I just wouldn't do it. Well, interestingly, Travis Konechny had the most ice time in this game at 22 minutes and 42 seconds. Travis Sanheim was in second place in minutes with 22, 13. So two of them about 30 seconds apart from each other, but both of them, I think, got too much ice time. And your yeah. point about the 11-7 and Sanheim playing that many minutes, uh, of course, stands. But yeah, I think that something's got to give here with this 11-7. And it felt so much like that game against the Avs where yes. they fell behind, they fought to come back. And like, again, you love to see that Mm-hmm. I, you know, it made it enjoyable. I mean, you, the fight was there from start to finish. Absolutely, no, yeah. No question. But then, you know, you get within one and then you take a dumb penalty. And of course, Tampa scores on the power play. And it was like deja vu all over again, you know? Yeah. And the six on five is a disaster. They can't barely get possession on a six on five. And they have enough players there. I mean, they gave up two pretty quick goals, six on five. I mean, people were rushing for the exits. Um, after the second one, they were just like, all right, we like this game. There was a, some excitement for sure. But, you know, they've got to practice that six on five. It's just not acceptable. Yeah, I, I think it looked marginally better than the last time in the first goalie poll. I think that there's a law of diminishing returns here with the second goalie poll um, yeah. that we've now seen that I, I just don't see the the point in it, to be Me honest. Me neither. Me neither. Um, in a regular season game uh, for this team. but uh, And I think it's like a little demoralizing more than it That's helps. what I felt like. It was demoralizing. And I think Kucherov like felt good about it because he got his hat trick. He got four points. Right. Like that was sort of like his revenge because, you know, he was, he, he was getting hit on a little that game. And, you know, yeah, you kind of gave it to him. Yeah, man, Kucherov. Oof. You got to admit, he's so much fun to watch. He is. He is. It's just, he's crazy talented. And Hedman was a factor too, obviously. He was. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about the the Flyers power play because they only had two in the entire game and they converted on one of them. Um, And, you know, obviously uh, getting Drysdale, his first goal as a Flyer was a really good thing to see. And he looked tremendous for yeah a huge portion of this game like he just made an impact and it, it was really good to see that yeah he looked good i'm sure he's feeling better although he really needs to get a bed i mean places will deliver <laughs> that bed they'll deliver that bed to you like it's not I it's know. not that bad you know i'm sure you can get one on a on a friday night 
but I guess for the break he'll get a bed. But um, what was maybe good he wants at, his bed that was maybe. like in transit. Yeah, maybe. What was good though was the fact that um, they really were feeding him the puck, and they really should mm-hmm. do that more because he has the best shot in the power play, and you are going to convert more than you're not going to convert if you have him shooting. So at least I think they're figuring that part out. Right. I think so. And I think the other thing is that, you know, other than taking the penalties to to force the penalty kill against this, you know, top power play, which was obviously the problem, they did actually, you know, have the right strategy going into this game that we talked about. They blocked more shots yeah. than, than they did in previous games. Um, they had a whole bunch of takeaways in this game. I thought they played the puck along the boards pretty hard, especially when they had that surge in the latter portion of the game. I thought they were digging in the corners well. Well, um, there was so- one thing about the corners. Um, Tampa did some film study because um, they did not follow Couturier into the corners. They were just like, fine, we'll let no. you. We'll, we know you're going to win the corner battle, and then you're going to try and pass it to the net. We're going to just give you the puck in the corner battle, and we're going to block the net so you can't get that pass out. Uh, near the net and that's what they did and it was smart yeah it was interesting because I noticed that and then Couturier kind of changed his MO and started crashing the net himself right right. at that point Um, it was really funny actually uh, to notice that that change up but yeah I do think that they had an effective game plan here it just kind of went off the rails when they took some unfortunate penalties yeah the penalties again that power play is going to do it. You know, you could just see the skill on the Tampa power play. It's crazy. All right. Well, it continues. And uh, up next, we are going to talk about Bobby Brink and his next steps and what he needs to do with the Phantoms. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed just doesn't help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. They leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Listeners of Locked on Flyers will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Locked On. That's Indeed.com slash Locked On right now. Support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on Locked On Flyers. That's Indeed.com slash Locked On. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On tomorrow's show, we will be previewing the matchup against the Detroit Red Wings uh, and doing a prospect profile of Hunter McDonald, who was a defenseman uh, picked in the sixth round in 2022 by the Flyers and is currently unsigned. Got a little mention from the brass, so we thought we'd check in with him. Random things before we get to talking about Bobby Brink here. First off, you know, as I have mentioned on the show, my parents are season ticket holders for the Flyers. So whenever they get something of interest, my mother forwards the email to me just so I can stay in the loop on what season ticket holders are are hearing. And um, lo and behold, she sent me an email from yesterday uh, saying that the Flyers will not be raising season ticket holder uh, ticket prices for next season, that 
they appreciate the patience and they understand, you know, the team has been exciting this year and that's so great, but we're staying the course and sort of as a like stick with us, like continue to stick with us measure, they're not raising ticket prices. And I, I think that's like, A, it's the right move. And B, I think that goes a long way in building, continuing to build trust in this new administration. Yeah, it's definitely something that fans will appreciate. Anytime you can tell them they're not going up, that's a good thing. So now they're, you know, that's good. It's good public relations. No way around it. Yeah, absolutely. So um thrilled for my parents and all of the other season ticket holders out there that they're not going to be facing a price increase. We're talking about Bobby Brink here. Uh, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the show yesterday because we it the move happened literally right after we finished recording, which is always the case. Yep. Um, as it's it seems. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's important because of what we talked about with the Phantoms in general on yesterday's show and that they're kind of at this breaking point and like, what do we do here to turn things around and what's the right move? And, you know, we talked about, do you call people up? Like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, this is actually helpful for the Phantoms, not just for Bobby Brink here, because I think this will infuse a little bit of energy in the sense that I, I think Bobby Brink has been told what he needs to do and he he's going to want to get back up to the flyers. Well, I mean, look, John Tortorella told everybody today too, that's not a big deal. And he definitely will be an asset to the Phantoms and will definitely help them. That'll give them. The issue is we're now just seeing just two guys trading places all the time, getting called up with the exception uh, the the occasional exception, but that person never plays anyhow. So it's like, really, you're just talking like, and that's Rhett Gardner. You're just talking about these two guys. They're the only two that get called up. That's not great. Right. So I, I think that, you know, the Lixell side of it is an issue. And again, you know, it's the 11-7 discussion. We've had it, um, you know, uh, obviously. It. He keeps, yeah. keeps using it we are recording this portion of the show before the game. So uh, against Tampa. So, you know, we don't have the benefit of hindsight on that front at this moment in time, but um, if it continues to be unsuccessful, it's going to be brought up more and more and more. And, you know, obviously we'll see what happens against Tampa and what they decide to do moving forward. Uh, But as far as like Bobby Brink, you know, for himself and what he needs to do to get back up, to the Flyers, I think obviously, you know, top of mind is scoring because he was doing fine. And if you look at his overall stats on average for the season to point to this point, it looks fine, but it's deceiving because, you know, Torts is right. He hasn't been getting points on the board as much recently. If you look at his game log. I mean, that's fair, um, but he's not the only one. Correct. There's plenty of others that you could point to for that. I mean, Tyson Forster is the other, but, you know, he's a bigger body and he occasionally hits people. So he's going to get the benefit of doubt. But Tyson Forster's only got 18 points and seven goals. It's not like he's ripping it up. And I'm not saying he should be sent down either. What I'm saying is John's points had validity, but I like I don't like when a coach divorces himself and says, well, you know, he just wasn't getting the minutes. Well, yeah, because you weren't giving him to him. You're in charge of the minutes. It wasn't like a magical thing where he just he wasn't getting the minutes, right? 
that part aside, there are some. Yeah, if he raised it, he wasn't earning the minutes. That's a different, That's a different, different statement. Yeah. Correct. That's a different thing. So, look, I had brought up one of the things about Brink, which still hasn't gotten much better, and they got more into detail about it, was sort of like how to protect yourself out there and not put yourself in a bad spot because he's five foot eight. And Torch brought that up. Like he brought up how to check, how to know a check is coming, all those things. He goes, there's 30 things. And I agree with him. There's a lot of different things you could break down in just that part of his game. Play away from the puck is always going to be the thing that, in his system, that gets somebody sent down if they're young. They're not strong enough away from the puck. Okay, that's fine. But again, there's some guys that just are not going to be strong enough away from the puck for their whole career, too. And at some point, you have to just decide if you could use their other assets or not. I mean, that's just the thing. Not everybody is perfect away from the puck. I think we all acknowledge that. But it's fine. You send him down. He is going to take it as a demotion. There is no other way. He's 22. He's going to be 23 in July. Like, you know, it is getting to the point where they're going to have to make a decision soon on Bobby Brink, especially if John Tortorella stays as coach. Can this guy play in his system? Like, that's going to, eventually, that's going to be a thing. Right. And and that's where I, I kind of make that division, right? Exactly what you just said is that it's not that Bobby Brink isn't good or hasn't been playing well right. to a large degree. It's that he doesn't necessarily fit in the system right, right now. And that's fair. It happens all the time where guys mm-hmm. just aren't a fit for the team that they're currently playing for. They move to a different place that's a better fit for them and they thrive. Um, I, I think that though that there's still room to to for him to be the kind of guy that fits in this system and be successful and i think they think that too which is why they're sending him down to give him more minutes um just to to clean up those other aspects of his game and you know you're right in terms of the checking um i i think that that point was a really good one it was um you know he get muscle away from the puck you know pretty frequently yeah. i would say And so that's just something he needs to get better at. And I think like the physicality of the AHL um, and the way games are played there, I think that will help him get better at it. And then there's going to be a little bit more open ice for him to do what he does best as well. And I just like, I have this fear in the pit of my stomach that this is going to turn into a Wade Allison situation um, which I do not want that to happen. He's got a much think, higher skill level, but I'm with you. Yeah. It doesn't mean it can't turn into that. Right. But I, that's the thing I'm holding on to here, that I know Bobby Brink is a better skilled player and that he has the, the ability to to make the improvements that he needs to. And so I just like the lull that's invariably going to happen for him as he kind of like comes out of the days of being sent down a little bit and figuring out how to get his head right um, as he enters these games. At least he has a a few more days uh, before there's a game for the Phantoms and he can get a couple practices in. And hopefully that'll like dust some of that off before he gets into a game. Yeah, I think so. It's just, I don't expect to see Brink until after the trading deadline. And that's really only if there's injury or spots open up. Like it's just... You know, that's kind of like, I think, what's going to happen now. And he may get a shot next year at the team in in training camp. But you never know. You don't know what the 
summer trade winds are going to bring. So this may be his last chance. We don't know. But there's going to be a point where they have to decide if they're going to invest in him or not longer term. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, there's even more questions to be had, uh, and some of them are yours. And we will get to them uh, coming up next. It's the halfway point in the season, Flyers fans, and the team is still in the playoff hunt. Regardless of where we are in the current standings, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. Fans can also play Daily Fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, or college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. All you have to do is pick whether superstars like Connor McDavid, Cindy Crosby, or Austin Matthews, or your favorite flyers like Travis Konechny will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win a 100 times your, play, your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code Lockdown NHL and you'll get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Lockdown NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. So, uh, Russ, uh, there have been some rumors flying around about um you know potential trades for the flyers and uh, the one that has been most recently serviced is are the flyers actually interested in arbor jacot i called him jack i i don't even know if that's right but um yeah you know i with him what's the difference between him and risto risto makes a lot more money but they play a similar game so i haven't heard anything we could start there. I'm not sure it's any kind of upgrade. So unless they were able to trade Risto, which I don't think they can, I don't know why they'd be interested. Yeah, it just seems like the wrong direction for this team. They're wanting to get more skilled. Like, why would they trade for a guy like that? Um, if they feel like Risto is redundant on the team, I, I mean, unless they're trying to dump cap money, but I, I just, it, it just seems weird. Uh, and like the wrong direction. I mean, he's a decent player. He's not old. It's just, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't see the fit. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Brandon wants to know with Cutter Gautier's departure, are there any other college prospects we could see turning pro next year? College prospects for the Flyers or college prospects? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's his name? Massimo Rizzo. Like he's going to turn pro. Is he going to turn pro with the Flyers? You hope he will. Um, but we don't really hear his name talked about much. So, you know, we don't even see the organization really showing off um, his scoring like a game. So it does make you wonder. Uh, I think, yeah, right now he's still leading the NCH NCHC. Oh, no, that was last year he led the NCHC. I think he is still leading college hockey and scoring too, to some degree, whether it's his division, his conference, or overall. Either way, I just I look at it and I say, 
they at some point need to be aggressive with him and and talk with him and see because right. otherwise he could be a guy that just chooses his own path. He's having a good enough year now where he could he could write his own ticket as far as deciding what team he wants to go to with who's interested in him, or he could become a player. Yeah, I, I do think it, it, the fact that they haven't talked about him really at all. Um, uh, it just seems like whatever conversations they're having with him, they're not ready to like make any yeah. predictions. There's next no year's a dangerous year. Next year he becomes. It's not. Oh, it's actually not this year. Sorry, he won't be. He'll only turn pro with the Flyers this year if they sign him. But next year he'll he could be a free agent next summer. Right. So the right. turn pro part is only with the Flyers. But that's what you hope for anyhow, because you know I don't know if he has anything else to prove in college hockey. Uh, Chris Berry wants to know uh, related to the eleven seven discussion from Monday. Speaking of Torts and his unwillingness to adjust his system for the current situation and game. Uh, what do you think will be the lifespan of his tenure as coach? He has a tendency to burn out some players and starts to lose the locker room. One more year. I think after this year, he's mostly safe for next year unless they were just looking bad, plummeted. You can see he didn't want to do it anymore if something like that came up. But I think one more year. I can see that. It's just, you know, if the team continues to be successful – unless there's like some sort of major internal revolt about him um, or they're seeing that um, a guy like Rizzo isn't willing to sign here because of torts. Like if, if they're having a, a, a hard time getting free agents or prospects to sign with the team because of him directly, that's the only other reason I could see letting him or go. He's asking them to add on to the team for the playoffs and they're unwilling to he could get frustrated with that. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. So there, I think it's just specific circumstances there. Right. Uh, Polar bear Two Ten wanted to know, uh, or says I'd pair sealer with Drysdale where he could be the defensive consciousness and let Drysdale roam and have Zabula anchor the third pairing with Andre or Adderd. I see Drysdale and Bonk as the top two right-handed defensemen of the future, so Sandheim will move back to the left side. Uh, does that make sense? I think on some level it makes sense. The only thing that I don't like is now if Sealer is there when Bonk is there, that means you gave Sealer at least a three-year contract, and I'm not sure I would have done that. But otherwise, yeah, in theory it would work out because I think a lot of that thinking is true but i just don't know if sealer is a part of that right yeah i'm not exactly sure when bonk is going to be with the flyers right given where he is in his development i think he's going to do a year in the ahl whenever he leaves junior so i i think that's kind of up in the air because like him and andre are kind of in similar situations i would say as far as development path as as defensemen they're in different places, but the same kind of path. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's something true to that. And one's an offensive guy and one's a defense, more defensive, although he's, he's putting up points. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think because I, I think it's going to be hard for Andre to make the team even next year. He would have to make a big jump. But in two years, I think he can make the team. And, you know, Bonk is probably a year or two away from the AHL and then maybe another year from the NHL. Yeah, I think so as well. Finally, Cryptic Cowboy uh, thinks that Zade Wisdom needs to go to the Royals. What do we think? I mean, if you want to do the what, like, just to give him playing time, fine. 
because he's just not getting playing time. Is it great for him? No. But it would get him playing. I feel bad. I just I don't know what's going to happen with Dave Wisdom anymore. And, you know, a couple of years ago, he was a pretty good prospect. And now the shine's off him. So I, I just don't know. I, at this point, it might not be bad to play on the Royals because, you know, he can at least get some scoring in. Yeah, it is a mixed bag going down to the ECHL. Um, you know, I, I think that it just creates like a longer road for him. Right. And it may feel insurmountable going back down there again. And I would hate to see that happen. But uh, yeah, could play with them mentally. It's different for goalies because if goalies go down, it's always about playing time 99% of the time because there's just a log jam where they are. And this way they can get starts in. But with forwards, it's, you know, regular everyday players, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But it's a good question, and uh, we'll be following what? what the Phantoms do, especially after our discussion on yesterday's show and where we think they are. Uh, that will do it for today's show, though. Uh, tomorrow we will preview that game against the Red Wings. Uh, we will do the prospect profile of Hunter McDonald and much more. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions you want us to answer like we did today, you can send them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russell. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.